Welcome to the Soul Science Nutrition Podcast, where you'll discover that when it comes to your health, you're so much more powerful than you've been led to believe. And now, your host. She's a holistic nutrition and lifestyle coach, chef, author, and yogi, Christine Ocasey. Hello, and welcome to the Soul Science Nutrition Podcast. I'm Christine Ocasey. Thanks so much for tuning in today. So we are emotional creatures, and the design of our organism is to express emotions freely and openly. But depending on your family upbringing, cultural norms, and life experiences, we all have a tendency to varying degrees to learn to bury emotions, to put up walls, to find various ways to cope and soldier on. We do this most often with difficult emotions like shame, fear, guilt, or anger. Since the unresolved or suppressed emotions are made of energy, when they get trapped in the body, they build and fester, drain our life force, and exert an influence on the physical tissues themselves. When we chronically repress emotions, we create toxicity in the body-mind energy system. These unprocessed emotional energies are stored in the organs, in our muscles, and in our tissues. Over time, they can cause acute pain and disease. The basis of energy-based medicine is that releasing trapped emotions helps the body heal. Today's show is a deep exploration of the emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects of our immune system. My special guest today is Titsa Dejong, a teacher, complementary therapist, and energy healer with more than 20 years of experience specializing in cancer. In his latest amazing book, Energetic Cellular Healing and Cancer, he provides insight in how the function of our cells and our immune system, and how our energetic distortions in our physical as well as energetic bodies, i.e. our chakras and our aura, can lead to illness. Drawing on the work of Barbara Brennan, the author ravels the psychological aspects of our energetic defense system and examines where possible blocks might develop and how they can be dissolved. In today's conversation, we explore the correlation between cancer and emotional imbalances and how certain energetic healing techniques can make a difference in how our bodies cope with and heal and recover from illness. What I love about the conversation is that Titsa recognizes and emphasizes that before healing of the physical body is possible, an individual needs to recognize the self-limiting and self-debilitating beliefs and behavioral patterns. Titsa goes on to share that once a person starts to engage in deep inner work, they are able to start releasing these patterns, move towards regaining their autonomy, and eventually better health. Titsa founded the Energetic Cellular Healing School in 2007 and has helped to share healing skills with hundreds of practitioners around the world. He is based in the spiritual community of Feintorn, Scotland. And I really hope you enjoy today's very special show. Hello, Titsa. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Christine. Thank you for having me. And let's have a good time together. How did you become an energetic spiritual healer specializing in cancer? What was your path? 
What was my path? I basically first worked in bookshops and, and, and as a published author in the Netherlands in the ancient Frisian language, which is my mother's tongue. And then through basically living in the Findhorn Foundation, the spiritual community in the northeast of Scotland, I did a few massage courses just for the fun of it. And when I moved mm -hmm. to Samiling, a Tibetan temple in the southwest of Scotland, I started to give massage session over there by donation. And it became so successful that I rented a cottage, got my own treatment table, got business cards and set off basically. And mm. then during these massages, totally spontaneous, I saw all kinds of strange energetic phenomena, which I really did not know what they meant at that moment. Mm -hmm. I pulled black strings out of people's throats. I, I, I apparently took a spell that a grandmother had put on a client of mine and put a, took a spell out of her. So her low mm. immune system was suddenly totally activated and she yes. was healthy forever after. Amazing. But all these kind of things that I saw and that I noticed puzzled me. I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Until I found in the local library of Lockerbie, the same Lockerbie as the big Pan Am crash in 1988, <laughs> yes. a big strong American connection there. Yes, yes. I found over there the book by Barbara Brennan called Hands of Light. Mm -hmm. And there suddenly were all my questions answered. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, okay, I'm not ready for psychiatry. There are more people who see this. There are more people who do this. <laughs> there is even a school about it. So within two weeks of finishing reading Barbara's book, I went to Denver to an introduction weekend of a school. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I stepped basically into that weekend and met Barbara and met White Buffalo and met Laurie Keen and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I knew this is what I need to do. This is my path. Yes. I was totally, totally focused. Beautiful. So I enrolled in the school and graduated uh, in 2001. Mm -hmm. And a few three years later, I graduated also as a teacher in the whole uh, modality after which I set up my own healing school over here on the banks of River Finthorn, a very beautiful spot where I live. Mm. And, um, and the school stopped existing last year, partly through COVID, because people can't gather together anymore. But, yes. uh, so in a very short nutshell, Christine, that's been my path. Mm. But I could talk hours about it. I love it. Thank you. It's wonderful how it really all unfolded so, uh, yeah. you know, so clearly for you. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in your wonderful book, explain when you say in the book, you've come to believe through the you know, vast experience you've had, that the causes of practically every physical disorder, illness, including cancer, is psychosomatic. Help us understand that. Basically, the word psychosomatic means psychological and physical. And okay. the word, and, and, and the section of the word of psycho, also, so spirit and emotion, comes before somatic. So basically, the word is totally correct. <laughs> because if we live our life out of balance, if we do things that is not good for our spirit, is not good for our health, it goes against basically our divine will, then basically we create distortions in our energetic field we create distortions energy blocks in our aura and in our chakras the main seven chakras of the whole chakra system from root to crown and if these distortions remain in place for a short period of time no problem 
because mm-hmm. then life and rest and taking space and going on holiday, whatever, will sort it out and will rebalance things. If these distortions stay in place for any length of time, i.e. months or years or decades, mm-hmm. then slowly that whole energetic imbalance filters through the lower levels of the of, of the aura into the physical body. And then it becomes manifest indeed as a somatic physical disease. Yes. Okay. So in that regard, how important is it to really pay attention to our body's messages? <laughs> What's the key? Exactly. Exactly. And the body gives us these messages. Our body gives us symptoms. Our body gives us signals so that we can listen to it. Mm-hmm. And if we indeed listen to it and, and, and listen to the deeper significance of the message and the symptom and the signal the body is giving us, then indeed we can restore it before it becomes in any serious illness. Okay. And if you ignore it, or if you plaster it over with medication or antidepressants or whatever else, then basically underneath the working of this of this temporary medication, Mm. the wound, the block, the energy, the lack of energy flow still festers and corrodes inside the physical body. Yes, thank you. And that, and, and that festering and corroding is basically the whole process which creates serious illness. In, and, and eventually potentially cancer, something as serious yeah. as cancer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. And can you talk us through like what is some of the techniques that you specialize in with the energetic cellular healing work? How do you get to that root cause? The main tool that I used in Christine is extrasensory perception, high sense perception. So basically I have through experience and through studying with Barbara Brennan in New Jersey, Florida, mm-hmm. I have created a very strong extrasensory perception so that I can hear what the average person doesn't hear. I can see what the average person doesn't see. I can feel what the average person doesn't feel. But it doesn't mean that I'm special because anybody can see, feel, and hear that. Everybody's got extrasensory or high sense perception. Okay. That is not special. But okay. I've just I just made it my path. I've trained in it. I've developed it. And especially by being a teacher over here at my own school then I really very strongly developed my high sense perception. Mm -hmm. And so through, when I sit opposite a client, for example, and we go through the whole intake of the first session to get the the medical and and symptomatic background of the client, okay, I hear the words that the client speaks. I write them down on on, on, on the client file, but mainly I observe them energetically Mm. with what they say and how they say it. How does their aura react? How do the chakras react? And that gives me so much information about where to work, how to work, which specific healing techniques to use. And then it indeed comes down to the healing techniques of cleansing the aura, repairing levels in the aura, restructuring chakras, restructuring physical organs, doing fifth level spiritual surgery where the guides work through me and perform surgery as in hospital, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, at infinitum. Beautiful. That's amazing. That's amazing. And it's really useful to understand that these are capacities or capabilities that we all possess, but it is a matter of skill building. Yeah, it's a matter of skill building. It is a matter of indeed studying and a matter of finding your passion in life. Mm -hmm. And with with what I said, when I gave massages in the beginning, um, 
I did it with such a passion, unbeknown to me. I just that's how I live. I live a life of passion, otherwise I die, which is not good for me. So I live yes. I gave a massage with such a passion that indeed energetically things totally opened up for the client, unbeknown to me. Yes. Because I worked on a higher frequency of energy than the client was 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 capable of. So the energetic blocks shifted from the client. And then when I indeed learned it at the Barbara Brennan School, I simply knew my passion and I followed that for the last 20, 26 years. Thank you. That's amazing. So the healers or the practitioner's energy frequency is really critical and really yeah. important. It's a yeah. big part of the yeah. patient-client healing process, yeah? Yeah, yeah. that is indeed a big part. And it is with energy the same as with water. Water, as you all know, flows from the highest to the lowest point. It comes from a, from a well or rain or whatever from the top of the mountain, goes through the trivulets and goes through the river into the sea or the, or the lake. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it's the same with energy, with an energy healer and clients. Mm. The energy healer needs to have a higher frequency of energy than the client. Otherwise, energy flows from client to healer, which is not what a client comes for. That's right. That's why it's one of the responsibilities of a healer to yes. indeed always embody a higher frequency of energy than the client. And living over here in the Findhorn Foundation, this spiritual community of, of ours, we quite often get very advanced spiritual people over here who give workshops, who give teachings, who give lectures, and to indeed work energetically on people from such a high frequency that challenges me to still have a higher frequency than them. And then we have wonderful energetic fireworks happening. That's amazing. Because we, because we reach frequencies of energy that is just awesome. Yes. We happily travel back and forth to Atlantis then or whatever else. Great fun. It's great fun work. Wonderful. What uh, What do you do um, in in order, just in your regular self-care to maintain your, and I'm going to use the term because I've, I've heard it in other s- systems of healing, energetic hygiene. You know, what do yeah. you do yeah. to um, just on a regular basis for your self-care? Because again, in the work that I do as well, you know, the personal and professional self-care, they overlap, right? Because yeah, you're yeah. your own instrument. Yeah, so exactly. I'd be so curious to, you know, what is your practice for maintaining your vibration and, and your connection to your you know, higher self? Uh, basically, Christine, I'm a down-to-earth farmer's son from the Netherlands. So I'm very grounded, I'm very physical. And it's in the physical that I mainly do my self-care. So basically every morning I start with drinking two pints of cold herbal tea, which has been seeping overnight and can be ginger, nettle, dandelion, which I mainly pick from the garden, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And also three, four times a week, I jump in the river and that Mm -hmm. is 12 months a year. So sometimes break through the ice indeed to get in the river. And that really boosts the immune system. That really, okay, it's cold. But afterwards, I glow like anything. And the whole rest of the day, my energy level is high and strong. And yeah, and for example, I don't have a car. I don't have a driver license. So I cycle everywhere. Wow. So all that kind of of healthy physical discipline really challenges me and makes it it, it totally obvious that I keep a healthy physical balance. And then my energy flows. Mm. So, for example, people think that in my kind of work, I do a lot of meditation. No, I don't. Fascinating. I very, very rarely meditate. 
basically my meditation happened when I work with clients. But okay. I've got no meditation practice. I've got very much a physical practice. Okay. Interesting. And it works for me. And that works for me. So, and that's the thing with 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 the approach of being of, of looking after yourself. Every individual has to find their specific way of what works for them. Yes. And it can be unusual, but do that. For other people, it is singing hard rock songs. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yes, it's such an important thing for us to be able to um, make it personal and make it work for us in our lifestyle. Let me tell you one little anecdote, Christine. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whenever I was teaching here, so I was teaching then uh, two groups, more or less, so that is 50 days a year I was teaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost every morning, I cleared the whole big teaching room. It is double double glazing, so it's soundproof, so neighbors don't hear anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I put deep purple on. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> exactly. Life in Japan, the album, the first song, "Highway Star." So "Highway Star" is a very spiritual kind of star-like kind of song, yes. and that's what it dance my head off. Wow! And I, and I go into Hara, I go into alignment, I go into core star, I go into all these kind of wonderful high frequencies, whilst indeed swinging to deep purple. Amazing. Sound currents, a powerful sound current. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. and my students, when they arrive, they know that I'm aligned and they can feel that I'm energized. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The body really is this amazing instrument and it's such a, you know, uh, so many ways to tune it. um, You know, to its its highest potential, really. We're just, I think, learning and discovering more every day. So I love this work. Thank you. Now, what are some maybe special precautions? And you, you talk about this in the book. It's, it's very clear. There's some special precautions that people should understand about cancer and energy mm-hmm. healing. And I don't think it's enough people are aware of that. I'd love for you to share your insights and your knowledge base about, you know, if someone is recovering from cancer or has a cancer diagnosis and they're interested in exploring energetic healing, what are some things that they should be mindful of? With cancer, Christine, it is one unhealthy aspect is with cancer in comparison to all other diseases, as far as I can tell, that cancer cells have a nasty habit of indeed procrastinating. Mm-hmm. They metastasize. They grow when they get fed more energy. Yeah. Yes. So with energy healing on a cancer patient, we it's wonderful for the rest of the body to get energized and to get cleansed energetically through the techniques that we use, but it is not healthy for the cancerous cells to be energized because we do not want to feed into them and we do not want to encourage them to metastasize. So therefore, at the Barbara Brennan School in the fourth year, for me in 2000, 2001, we learned the technique how to isolate the cancerous area energetically and put basically an aluminium foil around it almost. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then indeed we can work with the whole rest of the body mm-hmm. and cleanse it and repair it in whatever way we feel is needed. But the cancerous area does not get fed, does not get energized. And that is very important for indeed people with cancer. So that's yes. why also yes. at the moment, because I'm in the process of moving house, so at the moment I don't see clients and quite often I work with a, with, with a waiting list. Mm-hmm. So then I recommend my and any client who would like session with me, I recommend to either connect with graduates of my own school who've learned how to work with cancer in the same way, 
mm-hmm. or I indeed I and if that's not possible for them, then I recommend to specifically ask a healer that they connect with to specifically ask them, do you have experience with cancer? Yes. And if yes. they feel doubtful about it, don't do sessions with them because okay. it is so important because the clients at such a moment put their life, put their well-being into the hands of the of, of the practitioner. And that's the same with the medical profession as with the complementary profession, both. Thank you. So we need to totally fully trust the person that we work with because then the client can start the surrendering process. Ah, okay. Thank ah. you so much. Yes, there and there is that. So when it comes to you know the effectiveness of energetic healing that you provide, mm-hmm. how um, and you give so many powerful stories in your book, you know, real client accounts, some are more, if I can say more surrendered or more, they have more mm-hmm. buy-in than others. Yeah. Some don't have any buy-in. Their families are really the engine behind them mm-hmm. pursuing this course. Can yeah. you speak a little bit about the power of the client patient's intention or understanding mm-hmm. even of what's happening? It's very important and, it, and, and I like it that you use the word intention because I use that word a lot myself, also when, when, when teaching. It's very important that the client has indeed a positive intention towards their own health, towards their own well-being, and towards their own future. And therefore, in that process, they need to put themselves and their healing process first. And if they don't do that for whatever reason, they might comply, they might hold back, they might want to please their partner, their parents, their children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. then indeed they do not fully focus on themselves. It is within themselves that the disease has occurred. It is within themselves that the healing needs to occur. Thank you. Thank so in you. that way, indeed, um, in that way, the intention is very important. That's like my nice. first ever cancer client that I worked with, a woman called Sylvia Black, who lives here in Finton in the community. Yes. She's from South Africa. And she was really very, very, very ill. Up to skin over bone, couldn't lie pain-free anymore on a treatment couch. She was really absolutely at death's door. Mm-hmm. But she held a vision. She held a vision, Christine, that if she would have a 60th birthday, she would organize Sylvia's ball. A big mm-hmm. party, a big feast in our beautiful Universal Hall in the Fintorn community, and everybody would be there. She held that vision. Mm-hmm. And come her 60th birthday, she was in her healing process, and she had her party, and it was awesome. The, the place was filled with the rafters. Amazing. And she could even, leaning very weakly on the piano, sing a song. Mm, yes. It was should. such a touching experience. And so like now, 15 years later, She's still totally alive, fully alive, and plays and coaches tennis and travels the world and et cetera, et cetera. So there's always hope. The, exactly. Thank you. There's always hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why in the, the first publication I wrote and self-published, Cancer, A Healer's Perspective, the title is. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the subtitle is Insight, Messages, and Storage of Hope. Mm. Because yes. it is so important that indeed people have hope in life. Hope is positive. Yes, yes. And that is quite often in contrast with the medical profession where for whatever reason they almost feel they need to indeed give the worst case scenario to the client. Yes, yes. So these are quite devastating messages of non-hope quite often. 
from the medical profession. And I can see the reasoning behind it. I've got no problem with that, but it bombards the client with non-hope. And that is unhealthy. Yes. So the power of emotion <laughs> is something that is intimately connected with the the basis for energetic healing or energetic yeah. cellular healing. Yeah. Profoundly important. And you know, the, the, you identify in your book, it's just amazing. You go through some of the common mental, emotional, and spiritual imbalances mm-hmm. that you've seen over the decades you've been doing this work, specifically yeah. around cancer. So I'd like to just maybe talk, have you talk about a few of these imbalances, how they sure. affect the chakra, the auras, and maybe give a specific example. So for example, you mentioned a little bit about this complying, complying, yeah. suppressing, yeah. you know, yeah. putting yourself on the back burner. Yeah. This is a real challenge these days, specifically a lot a lot of the clients that I work with, you know, mm-hmm. they're suppressing a lot. What yeah. what what should we know about this? Basically, when you comply, you hand part of yourself over to another person or to an institution or to society's rules and regulations and norms and values, which yes. might be ever so laudable but it might not be yours rule, your own rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. It might not be your norms and values. And in, for yourself and your spiritual calling and your emotional well-being, it remains so important to really connect strongly with yourself and your essence and what, your, what makes your heart sing. Yes. And for people to, who comply a lot, it stops their own heart from singing. Mm-hmm. And, and the singing of the heart basically sits here along the, what you call the halo line in the soul seat mm-hmm. between fifth and fourth chakra. Okay. And the soul seat holds indeed the seat of our soul, of our soul's longing, of our soul's desire in this incarnation, combined with the heart's desire and the heart's longing. And therefore, it is so important that make your heart sing. Do what gives you total joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. Yes. And 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 for myself, Christine, I've that's how I've lived almost all my life. I yeah. create I, I, I strive for happiness. Yes. I don't know if you're familiar with that wonderful uh, text that was found several decades ago in an English church, the Desiderata, starting with God blessedly amidst the noise and haste and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. It's a wonderful text basically of the whole ten commandments almost for my life. Interesting. The last sentence of that text is strive to be happy. Yes. Yes. And if we're happy, we live lighter on, on the earth. Yes. We live energetically lighter. The chakras are opening. The aura is more expanded and cleansed. And mm-hmm. the aura then function as a buffer zone to keep all the negative energies, the bad energies, keep them out of our system. Yes. So a good way to understand the aura from this perspective is yeah. kind of, it's like a shield, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah, it, yeah. allowing the positive to filter yeah. in and yeah. preventing the negative mm-hmm. from coming in. Yeah. Okay. If, if indeed the aura is healthy and strong and vibrant. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Another one would be guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how does that, you know, play a role in, in, in creating such imbalance that it can lead, you know, to cancer and, and disease in the chakras and the aura? Phenomena like guilt and shame are mental concepts that you hold, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mental concepts that we have done something that is not okay. 
that we have done something that we regret. Yes. And um, these kind of phenomena sit in the third chakra, the solar plexus. Mm -hmm. And basically, we are then um, not at peace with ourselves. And we are not at peace with what we have done to other people in Mm -hmm. our own perception. Yeah, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. our own perceptions, very important to understand. That's right. And so, and so then, indeed, the relational course that we have with all people that we relate to, the relational course from our third chakra to the third chakra of the other person is blocked, is dirty, is mucousy, is distorted. Mm-hmm. And therefore, mm-hmm. there's a lot less positive energy coming into the third chakra, third chakra solar plexus, governs and energizes the digestive system. So a lot of people indeed who have guilt and shame for any length of time get digestive problems. Yes. Get stomach cancer, like this one example of, of, uh, I don't know what his name is in the book, because in the book (laughs) are all fictional names. Yes, um, right. There's one guy and he his, his whole life was laden with guilt. And, and, and shame around that. And he died of stomach cancer. He just couldn't handle it. Okay. And, his, and for example, his, his, his guilt already started at his birth because his mother, during his birth, had a, was very close to death. Mm. So he brought in his perception, yes. he brought trauma into his mother's life already by being born. Right. So that set a whole master template for guilt. Right. Very deep, very deep. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and that it is that kind of regret that people indeed carry around with them all their life. And then a really good remedy for that, Christine, is a really good remedy is the song by Edith Piaf, the French woman. I don't know if you know Edith Piaf in the, in the USA. No, no, please no, share. No, rien, which means no, nothing, regret, nothing. Sounds beautiful. Sounds beautiful. Thank you. So in that regard, you know, in your work and in for the real scope of energetic healing, people, I want people to embrace the the fact that the role of self-exploration and and kind of emotional inner work, you know, is really a parallel process to, to, to hands-on to the working, you know, energetically in the, in the anatomy itself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It is just, it is so interrelated that one simply cannot happen without the other. Thank you. And that is also one of my, one of my visions and one of my dreams yes. that the medical profession who's totally focused on soma, on, on the physical, mm-hmm. that that can indeed open up to also the, the, the psycho, the psychosomatic then, and, and, and link in more with that bridge between the psychological and the physical. And Absolutely. whenever when, when I was teaching over here, I had also several medical doctors t- studying with myself. And it really all, always yeah, inspired me because to have this kind of work, this energetic work and the psychological work also come into the medical profession is just really totally exciting for me. Yes. This is the vision, right? This is actually this is the vision, vision and hopefully yeah. the evolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get but, uh, it. I'm holding it yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah. Quite a few yes. of my clients who have healed, quite a lot of them would not have healed without the medical profession. And quite a lot of them would not have healed without the energetic healing. It is the combination of both. And if we can indeed get that balance right yes. between the medical and the energetic, 
then <laughs> <laughs> then we have the whole system, right? We hold exactly. the whole package. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And and that's a really important point that you that you espouse is that it we don't have to be in one camp or the other. No, in fact, oh, they, not. no. Right? And 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 yeah. sometimes that that rigidity is mm-hmm. is really an impediment to yeah. finding the right treatment and the right yeah. therapies yeah. for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you. And it's indeed what what also write about in energetic cellular healing and cancer in my book is that it is so important for people when they have been diagnosed with any kind of illness, whether it is cancer or any other illness, to go and search for what is my individually best choice to proceed and to restore my imbalance and to find healing, whether it is through nutrition, whether it is through energy healing, whether it is through 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 acupuncture, whether it is through the medical profession, whatever, it doesn't matter. But find your own individual way of healing. That is yes, so important. Yes. So important and so empowering. You know, once again, exactly. Exactly. I always say the process retaining your sovereignty, retaining your yeah, yeah, um yeah. kind of, you know, you're yeah. responsible. You are a force in your own healing. Exactly. Just that mindset, I think, is so critical. So mm-hmm. critical. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's why also in my book, I have quite a big section about power and empowerment, because basically on the whole, on the whole, in generalization, yeah, the yes. medical profession does almost does not like the client, the patient to be in power. Yes. But it is for the healing, uh, the, 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 for the healing process of the client, it is totally important for them to feel the power, to obey their own power and following the impetus that the power brings them. And then indeed the healing can come come to the fore basically from their own inner sense of power. And therein already lies a very strong sense of healing. Well said. Couldn't say it better. Thank you so much. Thank you. How do you teach your clients then, your patients' clients, as they are recovering, after they've recovered, and they're on the mend, how do you teach them to maintain and sustain their own energetic health? That is very different. That is very different. It totally depends on the individual. Okay. It totally depends on where the client is at in their emotional background, in the mental background, in the self-consciousness, in the self-awareness, in the spiritual connection. So. Yes. It, it, it is basically what I start with is first nutrition. Yes. Because these are simple steps that they can take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody can go to a health food shop and, and get the stuff they need. Absolutely. Yeah? Yes. Very and easy today. Indeed, and, and then un- unravel together with the client, unravel with them. What, again, the same thing, makes the heart sing. What really brings them joy? And what kind of process can they live what kind of soft discipline, soft discipline, can they live with in the daily rhythm so that I like they can that enhance, term. yeah, so that they can indeed totally enhance their own sense of well-being? Because if they get into hard discipline, okay. then we can get in, in indeed a sense of uh, sense of rigidity and this feeling of having to That's must right. and need to, yeah. And it's with the same as nutrition. Yes, if you yes. at some point you you are dying for a glass of wine or whatever else with dinner, and at some point have a glass of wine with dinner and fully enjoy it, and That's fully right. enjoy it. Yes, going back to the pleasure factor, yeah, the, the happiness factor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because Thank otherwise, you. otherwise, otherwise, healing can feel a punishment. Exactly, uh, and you're not really living; you're just surviving yeah, at yeah, that point. Exactly. Yeah. Such yeah, a point. Key. Yeah. So important. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so I love this quote that you have. You you write that um, your body knows best. Your mind mm-hmm. knows your mind knows very little unless <laughs> unless you have mastered the art of unraveling your true self from the programmed self. I love this. Right. Okay. So share a little bit more about that in your own words. Well, it goes back to what, what, what you asked me about before, Christine, to a certain extent, the complying mm-hmm. that you indeed totally follow and, and, and through inner listening, follow what what gives you joy, what gives you pleasure and what, what inspires li- you. What is inner listening? How would you explain inner that? Listening is, is taking the time, taking the stillness mm-hmm. and taking every opportunity possible for you to listen to the signals, the symptoms that your body gives you, to every bit of twist of the mind, to how you use words, to how you use sentences, to listen to what uh, what is your spiritual connection and when do you are you fully in your spiritual connection and when indeed lose, do you lose your spiritual connection, etc., etc. So it is a lot of that inner listening goes a lot of hand in hand with self awareness. Thank you. And with the self awareness, you can create a whole template. You can create a whole picture of what is useful, beneficial, health inducing for yourself, yes. and then follow that. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you. Yes. I think awareness is our superpower when it comes to the body and the mind. Yes, I agree. I agree. So in the area of energetic healing right now, what are you most curious about as we, you know, it's been quite an interesting year and the topic of health is really at the forefront. The topic of mental and emotional well-being is really at the forefront. What are you most curious about or what are you most hopeful? hopeful about in regard to this work? What I'm most hopeful about is that more and more people are waking up to the power of emotion, Mm. to the power of positive mindset, to the power of spiritual connection. Because people through lockdown almost all over the world have spent a lot more time on on, on their own by themselves, which is not easy. Yes. which is for most people is not easy. But if indeed it brings them closer to themselves, it brings them to a point of, of introducing more moments of stillness and quietude in their life, it can be beneficial. Mm-hmm. And it may well be that through this whole process of, of lockdown, of COVID over the last 13 months or so, mm-hmm. that more people have woken up to indeed the true self. Mm. Yes. And then the, the fact that people had to be in lockdown according to uh, governmental rules and regulations, Mm -hmm. basically brings them to a place of more contemplation with themselves. Yes. And that can be, that can be very beneficial. Very beneficial, at least very transformative, not necessarily, like you said, easy and pleasant, but definitely transformative. Right. And, And I say this often to my clients, healing is not always fun. Healing is not always pleasure. Healing can sometimes be hard work and can be painful and can be deeply upsetting, can sometimes feel isolating. Yes. Because, again, to the team of complying, let's keep that as a red thread going through those interviews. Yes. With mm-hmm. the complying, if people, if the patient, if the client indeed keeps complying, mm-hmm. then their social surrounding is at peace with them because then they fit in the framework, the template that is around their life. 
Mm-hmm. If they realize through therapy or through healing or by or whatever means mm-hmm. that they can no longer comply because it deletes their energy and makes them sick, mm-hmm. then they need to partly or totally step out of the social surroundings. Mm-hmm. So that it mm-hmm. can make people unhappy. It can also make the individual unhappy for a while. That's but right. within the individual, they gain more of a sense of self and more of a sense of self-love and more of a sense of self-respect. Yes. And that, again, is very deeply empowering for the individual. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Then you mentioned the power of community, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so when I believe, you know, in, in part, as you mentioned, keeping our own well-being, our own energetic frequency up, the power of, and we call it sangat in more traditional communities, right? We call it the power of community because mm-hmm. energy has momentum, right? And so if yeah. we are yeah. in the habit of surrounding ourselves with people who are, you know, not necessarily exactly like we are, but of like mind enough yeah, yeah, that yeah. Um, this helps us and this helps collectively as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Really important. And that's, one, and that's for me one of the wonderful things of, of living here in Finthorn in the, in the spiritual community. Yes. And I've been here since 1989. So 32 years. Mm. And yeah, it's so basically about a thousand people around the whole area who which part of the wider community around the Finton Foundation. And each in their own way, each with their own little niche, each with their own section of interest, creates this whole wonderful, diverse community of ours mm. where we are all not of the like mind, mm. not of the like spirit, but we all have a very strong bond in common. We're all Finthorn connected, and that makes us as individuals stronger within this whole context of the community. That's so beautiful. And, and, And it makes the community stronger. That's so beautiful. Yes, yes, you're very blessed, right? We we all need to find that community in yeah, some way. Yeah, it's so healing. Yeah. What was the biggest lesson for you personally in 2020? <laughs> what was the biggest lesson for me in 2020? Well, that's an interesting question, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically to question more. Yeah. Huh. Basically to question more. I love that. And to question more authorities, to question more mass media, to question more where we do we get our information from, to question more how are we getting programmed or brainwashed or not, or these kind of things. And yeah. where do we stand as individual within that whole framework of yeah. indeed the, the, the input of the masses? Sure, sure. So Thank indeed, you. And, and, and the questioning is so important in that. Always, right? I mean, and that's yeah. kind of the, 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 the kind of, we, we got forced all into a, a kind of forced global meditation retreat. Thank yeah. you. With, with, with this, the self, us as individuals, at its epicenter. Yeah. What a, what a beautiful affirmation or a very divine lesson in that, really, because that's mm-hmm. the essence, essentially, of why we're trying to remind ourselves why we're here. You know, what yeah. is the yeah. what is this whole thing about? And the more yeah. that we can, you said, yeah. ask questions, be curious. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Then and we're and on then the indeed, path. and indeed in your approach to life, in your approach to your fellow human beings or, or other living yes. creatures, be in integrity, act from integrity, and also especially mm-hmm. in integrity yes. with yourself. Well said. Definition of health and well-being. 
Uh, would you like to tell us what you're up to and where people can, are you doing remote healing sessions in this transition mm. time? Yes, I do, I, I do remote healing sessions. As I, as I said, um, I'm in the process of moving house at the moment. At the moment, they are on hold. But people can get more information okay. on my website. Um, yes. My full name, www.tietzedion.com. And Perfect. also, we'll when I'm indeed in, in, in the process of leaving, then I will get a totally new website. There's a whole new website has been created. So when people don't like my present website, Look again in one month's time, then you get a totally different new website. Yeah. Okay. So we'll the, make... the, same, the same heading, the same title, but totally new information. Beautiful. Because so many things are changing and have changed. Partly through COVID, okay. Okay. partly through no longer teaching anymore, the, the in school, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. When one door closes, another opens. I'm getting from gather, I'm yeah. gathering from yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I, can't, I can't to see. I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. And um, certainly, we'll share all this amazing information with our mm-hmm. listeners. Great, um, thank you. Thank you for the healing work that you do in the world. Thank you for being such the light and that you carry in the world. I really, it's been really a pleasure to meet you. Thank you, thank you, Christine. Okay. Really good talking to you. Right. You have wonderful light energy yourself. Keep it up. Um, thank you, honey. Take care. Mm-hmm.